y'all, and welcome to Do the Kids Know? Still at it. <laughs> uh, hey, Kristen. Hey, Prakash. So before I asked you on a scale of which Disney princesses you would be, uh, you said Tiana, unsurprisingly, um, but a scale of Disney villains. Oh my God, Scar. I don't even need to Scar. Okay. I'd be Scar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to pick up again. Uh, clearly he got that, like, you don't, you're not born with Scars, right? Scars come up after you are born and you live your life. Mm-hmm. So what is Scar's government name? I really want to know. The mystery that was never solved <laughs> in uh, Beyonce's The Lion King uh, 2018. I love that we're giving that to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so today we are recording on June 30th and we will be asking... Do the kids know how to be body positive? Um, so I guess if the kids don't know, because maybe um, there are kids listening who are not our IRL friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not, hey, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to you. Uh, listen to our nonsense. Um, but we are people of size, question mark. It's very, I guess, like, at least for me, it's like a very strange space to occupy because, like, I have that mm-hmm. but i don't feel the kind of like structural fat phobia wherein i can't like fit in like uh an airplane seat comfortably and stuff like that uh, i can shop at like normal quote-unquote normal stores like mm-hmm. i can basically like wherever i want except for pants because i'm very short like i have a very long torso mm-hmm. but very short legs but i have like an ass so i can't find the right length for the right uh, waist size or like mm-hmm. hip size which is annoying that actually like segues into a point i wanted to make later but i'll make it now which <laughs> is just that like capitalism and corporations want us to be body positive but they don't actually do the work of making it so that they can market their clothes to different type of diff- wow they don't actually do the work to make it so that their clothes are marketable to different types of bodies as much as they say we want everybody to love who you are. They don't sell clothes for every type of body. So I guess we can we can cycle back and ask, uh, what is body positivity? So body positivity is the assertion that all people deserve to have a positive body image no matter how society or popular culture defines ideal shape, size, and appearance. It's supposed to help people build confidence and acceptance of their own body and educate and help people understand how the media influences the ways that they view themselves and the ways that they view others. So how did we get to body positivity as we know it today? Um, I guess I'm just going to put my history buff hat back on and say that there were three sorts of waves of body positivity. So at first it was the 1960s. There was a fat acceptance movement, which was really trying to open up conversations about weight and stop this culture that was around fat shaving and to promote anti-discrimination and anti-capitalism. So anti-discrimination because people were still are losing jobs because they were fat and that's not fair. Um, And anti-capitalism because the diet industry profits so much off of the fat phobia that is prevalent in our society. Um, So that is the origins of this movement. And then in the 90s, two women founded a website called thebodypositive.org and that offered resources and educational stuff um, that is supposed to, not is supposed to, was supposed to talk about unhealthy weight loss. So it became less about fat acceptance and more about 
here's healthy ways that you can lose weight instead of focusing on how the diet industry tells you you should lose weight. And so the last wave, which is the one that we're in right now, is uh, really kicked off in the 2000s when we saw an acknowledgement by corporations of the unrealistic feminine beauty standards that they try to hold us to. Um, and they acknowledged how they were complicit in perpetuating those standards. Like, do you remember those Dove Real Beauty campaigns? Mm-hmm. I think they still do them. That like, the one that pops into my mind is that like billboard of the like, all of the women in white underwear smiling at the camera. Um, yeah, so around that time uh, is when we really start to see this wave of the body positivity movement. Um, and then in the 2010s, there's been sort of another shift with like a, a more subtle shift in body positivity because of the increased use of social media and this whole like influencer concept thing that I still don't really understand, but they have changed how body positivity is used in the media. Um, yeah, I think like with social media, we've seen people be able to like mobilize certain kinds of uh, messaging or movements um, or ideologies, uh, one of these being uh, body positivity. Mm. And um, I I think that this can be a good thing because uh, social media has seen, because yeah, diet culture is pervasive, uh, has always been, right? The... Um, especially but not exclusively when it comes to um, like yeah feminine beauty standards um, I think like maybe pre-Instagram um, there were lots of or you know this, I think this might have also overlapped with Instagram I, I'm also not a, a heavy uh, social media user but um, things like uh, Thinspo short yeah. for Thinspiration um, was popular across uh, Tumblr and Pinterest that kind of evolved <laughs> into Fitspo, like fitness inspiration. But when all of these are really kind of like capitalistic um, overtures for, okay, do these things, buy this equipment, uh, join a gym, and you can look this very particular way. Yeah. And that is what we are going to consider beautiful now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that at its heart, the like, body positivity movement, uh, like, the social media uh, version of it, iteration of it, um, is trying to uh, give them the space for primarily women and girls to um, showcase their body uh, and be proud of it, uh, no matter what it looks like, um, even if that doesn't conform to our contemporary standards of beauty and body size. I think that the body positivity movement says that it does those things. I don't think it actually does those things anymore. Oh no, the mandate and what happens is very different. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I think that is the intent behind it. Yes, yeah. Um, but so this, as you've said uh, in your great uh, history tidbit, that um, fat acceptance and the idea or the courting of body positivity uh, has been out here for a couple of decades now. So why are we talking about it today? The reason we're talking about body positivity is because it leaves out marginalized bodies and it leaves out the politics behind the movement because most body positive marketing campaigns 
are aimed at getting people to buy into capitalism and buy into consumer culture. So like you mentioned, buy these products and wear these clothes and you will feel better about your body. In addition to that, uh, most of the body positive marketing features white still within the norm bodies. Even that like Dove campaign that I spoke about, those bodies were all still socially acceptable. They were all slim, or at least they could go into a regular store and shop in the regular section. They didn't have to walk all the way to the back of the store to the plus section, because yes, the plus section is always in the back of the store. And they could still walk into a store. Like there are still people who cannot find their size in stores. Um, There weren't any dimples on the skins of these women. There wasn't any scarring. There's no stretch marks. There weren't any fat rolls. There wasn't any representation of disabled bodies. So the real women that they used in this campaign still fell well within the lines of presenting what has historically been viewed as pretty, which literally goes against the origins of the body positivity movement. Um, Also, these campaigns allow companies to do what many oppressors do, and it puts the onus on those with other body types to change their perceptions of themselves without acknowledging all of the outside forces that make it extremely difficult to exist in a body that isn't the standard. They don't acknowledge that it's all well and good for people to change their perceptions of self, but it doesn't change the perceptions of their aggressors or their oppressors. So some companies now are saying they're body positive and they're having like plus size models in their campaigns, but then they don't actually sell plus sizes in their stores. So what is what is the point? If you're marketing to a plus size person and a plus size person cannot walk into your store and buy your product, why are you marketing to them? They're literally saying we're a body positive without doing the work of actually making their stores and their products inclusive to the bodies that they are trying to sell their products to. And that just is a slap in the face. And it's really annoying to me. Um, because let's be real, most stores, you're lucky if they sell above a size 12. And I'm so sorry, but having your plus size models be within a 14 and an 18, and I'm being generous by saying that they're be that, wow. And I'm being generous by saying that they're size 18, that doesn't scream inclusion to me because real women go up to like size 28, probably further. And the average American woman, I should know the average Canadian woman, the average woman is like a size 14, 16. So I'm confused. Um, Also, another slap in the face, the diet industry loves to promote body positivity. And I'm just really confused by that because an entire section of the history of the body positivity movement was to work against the things that the diet industry was trying to make us do. I think that I want to talk about this today because the body positivity movement is another one that has been exploited by capitalism and I am annoyed by it and I am frustrated by it. Um, and I think that the kids should know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that they're, cause you know, um, as with the, the mission of this podcast, <laughs> I don't think we can have this conversation without talking about race yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, in these campaigns, like uh, they're often, yeah, mostly white, right? And I think that there's like a store in like London, UK that had like black mannequins and everyone freaked out. Yeah. Because, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> even mannequins, mannequins they so need white. to be white. Yeah. Um, there's also like when they use 
black women or women of color, they're like really close to white passing. And like, I love it. I just love it when people tell me that, oh, but there's a black model and it's a black model who doesn't have 4C hair. She's clearly mixed. Like this isn't, I don't know how you thought I would be represented by this because I'm not. Yeah. Like uh, people who are like light skinned, these people like you are also valid, of course, but. But you can't represent. Yeah. Having that be the only depiction of diversity, quote unquote, is not. That's not it. Is not inclusive, it's not positive to dark skinned people. Like, yeah, I think that's one of the kind of the aspects of body, body positivity that I've been seeing um, in my own feeds is that people who are like proudly uh, dark skinned being like, hello, look at me, thick, dark skinned, beautiful. And I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> Screaming at my that. phone. I was like, this is, yeah, this is also beautiful, right? Like, everyone, everybody is a body, everybody is beautiful. Um, everybody is beautiful and so why aren't we seeing the same diversity that I see in my own friends groups in my own families like showcased not that I you know like want my my family to be commercialized but if you're going to if corporations if influencers etc are going to use this uh, slogan this kind of like um, personal like manifesto as a marketing tool like do it Correctly, doing it, do it in a way that doesn't like harm the people who are trying to use this to promote positive change within their communities, within their followings, uh, within their social networks. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is another topic where we can talk about how capitalism and white supremacy has continued the erasure of black women, which get used to that. I'm going to talk about the erasure of black women all the time, always. Uh, So don't ask me why I'm talking about it again. I will keep talking about it until black women aren't erased in basically all aspects of life. Um, So for a concrete example of how black women have been erased in the current iteration of the body positivity movement, um, Jamila Jamil, um, who most people know from the show The Good Place, is known for her body positive platform, which that's fine. It's a skinny lady, but that's a whole other topic. Um, but no one actually talks about the the fact that the reason she talks about body positivity at all is because she built her platform after talking to a body positive black woman, Stephanie Yeboa, who has been on the internet being body positive for many years, many, many years. Um, and similarly, people fall all over themselves to praise Ashley Graham and her like size 14 body, but ignore so many plus size black bloggers and models who have been in the game for longer than her. Like Lyris Cross, who is literally the OG plus size model and is a plus size black woman. We don't talk about her. Can we get her more marketing campaigns? Can we talk about the influence that she has had and will continue to have? Yeah, and I think that's not to say that uh, Ashley Graham and Jamila Jamil are not doing important work. Not um, at all. Like their I think... work is great, and it's I'm glad that they are using their platforms in the way that they are. But yeah, like I think Ashley Graham has been really vocal, but again, we have not really seen uh, anyone else after her take out the mantle. Like, I think the fashion industry was like, "Oh, we got one. Yeah, we're good." And she's someone who's also like, yeah, maybe you know, can be considered plus size, but it's. It's still like like she's still pretty objectionably very beautiful um, and white. Um, Jamila Jamila has yeah had a lot of like uh, issues with um, her body, like most people have had, and she's mm-hmm. been very vocal about that. But yeah, but I think it deserves questioning why her platform Iway has been 
like has truly exploded in the last uh, couple of years. Yeah. Versus but... I had never heard of Stephanie Yebo until exactly. like 30 seconds ago when Kristen mentioned her. <laughs> um, I think Jamila Jamal like deserves actually a lot of criticism for things that she's done, things that she's done, period, <laughs> um, and said. Um, but I will plug her podcast. Um, I think it's also called I Way with Jamila Jamal, specifically the episode with Roxane Gay. Ooh. Um, I, if you're not familiar with Roxane Gay's work, I'd also highly suggest reading uh, her books, yes. particularly her two uh, memoirs slash essay collections, yes. um, Hunger and Bad Feminist. Also, Jamila Jamal's podcast with uh, Alok Ooh. and um, Nicole Byer. I think those three I listened to recently and uh, I think bring really diverse perspectives. Um, and in two of the three podcasts, uh, highlight the experiences of fat black women. And like fat black women have often been at the forefront of uh, doing these kinds of movements. Yeah, which I think leads me to the last reason I wanted to talk about body positivity, uh, which is to say that it unfortunately continues to perpetuate fat phobia, which it was started because of fat phobia. So how did we get here? Um, so yeah, I think body positivity as it is portrayed in mainstream media perpetuates fat phobia, perpetuates misogyny, perpetuates colorism, and it perpetuates the concept of like the thick black women that is T-H-I-C-C. Um, those are larger topics that deserve more discussion, um, but I'm flagging that for everyone right now. Look into that if you are interested. So I think a takeaway for the kids is that we should all stop pushing this capitalist idea of body positivity because it doesn't acknowledge that it's not just about loving your body, but it's about all the ways that bodies are judged, rejected, attacked, oppressed. It's not about which companies claim to care about wellness and have plus size models in their advertising. It's about which standards can we push against so that we are supporting inclusion in all of its forms and removing oppression in all of its forms from all bodies and all people. Um, and I do want to shout out Wear Your Voice Mag. They have a hashtag body positivity in color campaign that's working to show the ways body positivity can be inclusive and can be transformative and is, like most things, at its best when run by people of color. <laughs> like this podcast. <laughs> um, also, just want to throw like one more caveat that I kind of um, started to reference at the beginning of the show, which is that, yeah, I think some people will like look at Kristen and I and be like, you are not fat. This might not be the conversation for you to be having. Mm. Um, which is, I think, which is, Kristen, I, 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 can, I can accept. Yeah. Um, although I don't think you need to be part of any kind of community to bring up uh, injustices to others. But I think too, like I, um, I've had a lot of my students uh, write about um, the bi-positive movement, students who um, I think have very like thin normative bodies. Mm-hmm. The point of this is not to like diminish anyone's personal feelings about their own body. I think um, most, if not all of us, have some kind of qualms, have some kind of like... Um, traumas surrounding our bodies about how we look about how we were told to look about how what we want to look like is not what we do look like and that can be from something internalized uh, something externalized like wanting to look good uh, for somebody else or like maybe wanting to like look a different way for yourself like maybe you want to look um, more like the gender you identify with maybe you want to um, be more muscular so you can like do 
so maybe like certain activities are easier like i i don't know yeah but Um, that also speaks to i think the origins of the body positivity movement which is that we need to dismantle the systems that are making us think that we are deficient mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's i think we'll definitely get more into this in our fat phobia episode but just to recognize that your own individual experiences or shames um or discriminations uh, onto your body are not the same as the structural injustices felt by um, people who have bodies that are like literally not accepted by society. The people who cannot like, as like a fun example, quote unquote unquote fun, like get on roller coasters mm-hmm. or like um, get on certain escalators or like fit in an airplane seat. Like these are structures that could be changed now to accommodate people of all sizes of all sizes and yet um this is not the way that we're moving so this is uh like like kristen said earlier a small part of a very large conversation um so we're going to link the things that were mentioned in the show notes um so you can like read and watch and consume uh material that goes into this in depth uh, we're also going to throw some resources that we did not talk about, um, but you may want to look at um, to help you on your way to maybe unlearning some internalized uh, shame around fatness, some um, internalized fat phobia, and hopefully we can all come out of this as a more accepting and less judgmental society. You can find us on these here internets at dothekidsknow.ca. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon, where we would love it if you could drop us a donation so other kids can stay in the know. Search the handle at dothekidsknow. Have you got questions, comments, concerns? Email us at dothekidsknow at gmail.com. And finally, please rate and review. That helps other kids stay in the know.